thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We're so glad to have you with us today for Jesus the Healer. Come on in. Aren't you thankful for the Word? I mean, oh my, 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 it answers every need of life. Uh, What a joy. What a joy. We've been taking uh, the last several episodes and we're ministering on some of the healings that happened under Jesus's earthly ministry. And we're taking our time with them and spending a little bit of time on each verse and digging a little bit in because if we recognize the steps that brought or put them in the place of receiving, then we can know how to stay in the place of receiving. And so we invite you to go back and watch the previous episodes. It'll be a help to you. But I want us to start in Luke chapter 7 today with verse 1. Luke chapter 7 and verse 1. And we're going to um, look at the centurion's servant that was healed. Um, It reads in verse 1, Now when Jesus had ended all his sayings in the audience of the people, he entered into Capernaum. And a certain centurion's servant who was dear unto him was sick and ready to die. Now look at that phrase, ready to die. Um, That means he was in an advanced stage of his disease. He was near death. And verse 3, and says, And when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching Jesus that he would come and heal his servant. So the centurion soldier, a centurion means a captain of a hundred men. So he's got a hundred men under his command. And he understands what it means to be in command, to be in authority. But he asks, he himself is not a Jew, but he asks the elders of the Jews to go to Jesus and ask on his behalf, ask him to come to his house and minister to his servant that is an advanced stage of, of the condition. Uh, don't ever count your, uh, yourself out of something that God already counted you in on. Wow. Meaning this, don't let an advanced stage of a disease decide it's too far. There is no expiration date or or length of how far his healing power go. There's no expiration on that. Amen. Amen. So the centurion soldier must have known something about Jesus that he was a healer. He must have known that or he would have never asked. Listen, it matters what you hear about him. It matters what you hear said about him as a healer. Amen. If you hear the wrong thing, you believe the wrong thing. What's the wrong thing? Well, the days of miracles are past. Well, that's the wrong thing. Well, Jesus doesn't heal anymore. Well, that's the wrong thing. Well, Jesus only heals through the medical field because we've made such medical advancements. Well, I'm not saying we haven't made medical advancements. Then how come so many are dying? 
because that's not uh, what we're left to is only medical, the medical field. Amen. Amen. Now, don't misunderstand me. Some people have been helped and rescued and uh, because of uh, going a medical route, but God will even bless the medical route, meaning he'll add his ability to what you receive from man's help. And, uh, but it matters what you hear. Amen. At a time when you need to, when you're believing God, you can't, you cannot hear what isn't going to work for you. Amen. You have to hear the right thing. So this man must have heard the right thing because he believed the right thing. He did the right thing. Now notice this, uh, this military man chose to believe what he heard. You can hear the right thing and not choose to believe it. So you can hear the right thing, but make sure you choose to believe the right thing. Why is that? Because believing is a choice. It's not a feeling. It's huge for you to understand. Believing is not a feeling. Believing is a choice you make and you don't have to feel good to choose to believe the right thing. Amen. You can have pain in your body and still in the face of it say, I choose to believe Mm -hmm. that Jesus is my healer and I receive my healing from him. Amen. Amen. Now this military man didn't reason that the servant's condition was too advanced, that it was too late. You get into the reasoning capacity, get into that mental arena. And if you're not careful, you can reason yourself right out of faith, right out of your healing, right out of the miracle that you need. So the servant, good for this servant, he had an employer with faith. (laughs) Isn't that true? Um, This servant was raised up because his employer had faith. What's this matter? It matters who we have around our life. It matters who we have around our life. What if this servant's employer had chose not to believe? Then it wouldn't just affect the the centurion soldier, it would affect the dying man. What we choose to believe doesn't just affect us, especially when we have people under our authority. Who's people under our authority? Family. It matters what we make the right choice for their benefit. Because when this centurion soldier chose to believe that Jesus healed, uh, it benefited those of his household. Amen. So when the soldier heard about Jesus, he sent these uh, elders of the Jewish nation to Jesus to make the request on his behalf. Notice this. Jesus did not initiate this miracle. That's right. Amen. The centurion soldier initiated it. He's the one that initiated it. What's this tell us? You have to learn this. And I would say 95% of what we receive from God, we initiate. People are waiting for God to initiate something. We're authorized to initiate some things with our faith. Why? Because our word, the word of God shows us what's ours. So why wait and sit back when he showed it to you so you'll initiate receiving it? If he didn't want you to initiate it, why would he show it to you? Why didn't he just give it to you if it was all up to him? Because it's not all up to him. It's up to also what our faith initiates. Amen. Many just sit back and wait for God to do something and he's waiting for them to initiate something. Amen. Amen. This man is the one who initiated this miracle. Jesus did not initiate it. God didn't initiate it. And the Jews didn't initiate it. Amen. Amen. Faith doesn't just sit back. Faith takes action. How do you know if you're in faith? Are you acting or are you just sitting back waiting for something to happen? Amen. Amen. 
So this military man, as we said, he wasn't a Jew, but he must have had great regard for Jews. He must have had great regard for God's people because um, he employed them on, on, for his behalf to go and approach Jesus and beseech Jesus on his behalf. But they didn't want to have done that for any, just anybody. They had some kind of rapport there with this man. Mm-hmm. Amen. So this shows, this shows that this man had faith. Why? He was expecting Jesus to, he was expecting his servant to be healed. Why? Or he wouldn't have sent the Jews to go beseech him in in request of this. Now, verse four says, and when they came to Jesus, they besought him. Who's the they? The Jewish elders. They besought him instantly saying that he was worthy for whom Jesus should do this. He said, for he loves our nation. He has built us a synagogue. Think of that. This one man took of his own resources and built a church with his own money. He's a man of wealth. He's a, but notice this, he's a man of honor, a man of generosity. You know, you can be a man of wealth, but not be a man of generosity. Yeah. You might have, some can have a lot of money, but not be generous with it. Well, real wealth isn't, Real, real wealth isn't measured by what you have, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he built them a synagogue. He showed a great regard for God with his wealth. Yes. He honored God with his substance. Yeah. Um, Matthew six twenty one tells us this, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Yes. So what's this tell us? The honor, it shows and demonstrates the honor yes. that this man had for God and his people. Amen. So evidently we see his heart was toward God, even though he wasn't a Jew. His heart was toward spiritual things. Verse six tells us this. Then Jesus went with them. And when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself for I am not worthy that thou shouldst enter under my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word and my servant shall be healed. So notice this, Jesus, he was requested to come to his house. Jesus went with him. But before he even arrives there, uh, the centurion sent another party of people. Don't, you don't even need to come. Now on second thought, I don't need your, your physical presence. Just your words are enough. Amen. Amen. Now, this man had great success in his profession. It showed up that he had a lot of wealth too. But notice this, that didn't qualify him for spiritual success. Don't confuse professional success with spiritual success. Amen. Jesus didn't come because he was a professional man of success. He came because he had faith. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Having natural success doesn't equal spiritual success. Right. Don't, don't confuse that. Um, he, but he did demonstrate his reverence and his humility. And reverence for God is critical when receiving from God. Amen. You have to reverence and have a proper approach to God. Amen. Amen. So um, the soldier said, say in a word and my servant shall be healed. Matthew 8, when Matthew tells this same account, Matthew 8 verse 8, it says that the centurion soldier said, speak the word only and my servant 
shall be healed. Not speak the word only, maybe that'll work. No, he shall be healed. Amen. So in verse eight, let's go and read there. He says, for I also am a man set under authority, having under me soldiers. And I say unto one, go, and he goes to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. So he was saying, I not only, I am not only in authority, I know how to be under authority. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. What's he saying? Words carry authority. Yes. I know how to respond to words. Yes. And I know that words, that when I speak words, things respond. Yes. Right. Amen. Amen. Notice he understood that words of authority were to be obeyed. Without question, without argument. That's the wonderful thing about military training. Those in the military, when they're commanded of something, their opinion means nothing. (laughs) They realize that. We would do well in the face of God's commands, in the face of God's words to realize opinion means nothing. Don't resort, resort to your opinion when his commands will bless you. Just do what he commands. Just obey. Amen. Amen. Um, He understood that this military law of command, there's a chain of command. He understood that this military law is also, it works in the spiritual. It's a spiritual law too. He understood that authority is exercised through words. So he he said, "I I tell a soldier to go, he goes. I tell him to come, he comes. I tell another one, do this, they do it. What's he saying? Uh, We have that same authority. You can tell things that come need to, things that need to come, tell them, come. Things that need to go from your life, tell them to go. When something needs to be accomplished in your life, say, I command it to be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. He recognized that our authority does things in more than one direction. Uh Amen. Not only is authority exercised through the speaking of words, but faith is exercised through the speaking of words. Every believer has faith in their spirit. Speak them. Speak it. Amen. Amen. That faith that's in you has to be released. You know, a man can be an authority over over a a troop of soldiers, but until he gives a command, nothing nothing moves. Nothing is obeyed. They don't obey you just because you're in the uniform. They don't obey you. Just you stand there in a uniform. You stand there silent. This centurion soldier, he would have had a uniform, a hundred men before him. They don't obey him just because he's dressed. They don't obey him just because he's present. They obey him because he says something. This is where many people miss it. If Jesus would just show up, you won't receive because Jesus is present. You receive because of words. Amen. Now verse nine. It says, when Jesus heard these things, what things? He's telling him, I tell things, go, come, and I tell men, go, come, and do this, and they do it. When Jesus heard these words, he marveled at him. This is a good marvel. (laughs) It's not a bad marvel. We only have two places recorded where Jesus marveled, or we could say was impressed. This is one place that we see that Jesus marveled. What did he marvel? He marveled at this man's faith. The other place that we have recorded that Jesus marveled was in his own hometown at their unbelief. Either unbelief will cause him to marvel or faith will cause him to marvel. 
It's faith that we want to impress him with our faith. Amen. So it says in verse nine, again, when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned him about. So he said unto the people that followed him. So who's there with Jesus? Well, we know that the elders of the Jews are there, right? We know that um, this centurion soldier has sent other friends. So there are Jewish leaders there. What about Jesus' disciples there? And no doubt there were people who followed Jesus basically everywhere he went. So he's got this crowd and it's mainly Jews plus these Jewish elders. So he turns about and said to the people that followed him or the people that were there, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. Then look at this. No, not in Israel. (laughs) You that are around me, elders, I haven't found this kind of faith in Israel. A man without a covenant had greater faith than the people of the covenant. Amen. Doesn't matter how you're raised. It doesn't matter what start you had in life. You can choose to to be a a person of faith. You can choose. I believe his word and impress him. Amen. So he said, he turned about and said, I have not found so great faith. So faith can be in terms of greatness or not so great. He said, no, not in Israel. Verse 10, and they that were sent returning to the house found the servant whole that had been sick. So um, what is it that made this man's faith great? He knew words change things. Words send people this direction, tell people go that direction. Demons obey words. Amen. Amen. Jesus, the word tells us, resist the devil and he will flee. What's that mean? He leaves. He goes. It's about words. It's about words. Mm -hmm. Great faith responds to one thing, words, Mm -hmm. words. Mm -hmm. Great faith is occupied with one thing, God's words. Amen. Amen. Uh, Great faith is not occupied with feelings. Great faith is not occupied with circumstances. Great great faith is not occupied with what it can see, what it can feel. Great faith is occupied with one thing, God's words. When you're believing for a miracle, you don't have anything, you don't have any room for anything except what God says. You'll hear people say things. You may hear doctors say things. Doctors aren't your enemies. Don't try to get your doctor's confessions changed. It's not what your doctors say over your life that matters. It's what you say over your life that matters. It's not about getting them to change their confession. (laughs) No, they're only only helping you as far as they know how to help you. They're They're to help diagnose things. It's not what they say that matters and counts. It's what you say. It's what you say. Amen. Amen. This is the kind of faith that impresses Jesus. Amen. The God kind of faith that is great is only interested in this. What does God say about this? What does God's word say about this? Amen. Listen, there were life-threatening circumstances in front of this soldier. Listen, this is a life and death situation. Think about it. 
It is a life and death situation. And um, he knew this, words win. Words win. Um, I was thinking about something. Now remember, Jesus was on his way to this soldier's house, right? He was on his way. But even though he knew that Jesus was on his way, before he got there, he said, wait a minute, I don't need his body present. I, I, I just want what really matters. That's his words. Do you know that a king can send his word and it's either the death sentence or it's deliverance for somebody and the king doesn't even have to be present? It's all about words. Isn't that right? I mean, even in this natural realm, a king of a nation, a country, if they have a king, whatever the one in command says, it's about words. It's not about whether he was present. Well, I'm not going to believe those words because I didn't see the king. Doesn't matter if you saw the king. He gave a word. It's recorded. And this is what's going to be carried out. Right? Even so with us, it's not about, did we feel the presence of God? Did we feel the anointing of God? Did we feel some? It's not about what we feel may or may not be present. It's about words. It's about words. Uh, If he, this soldier had enough faith to say, Jesus, you don't even need to come to my house. Now listen, he's in a light. He's, he's dealing with a situation that's life and death. Think about how certain he was because he was certain enough. He was sure enough that he said, Jesus, you don't even have to come. Just send words. Just send your word. That's enough for my situation. Words are enough for a life and death situation. I said words are enough for a life and death situation. God's words. Not just any words, but God's words. Amen. Now, Jesus was headed to his house because he first requested that. Then later he sent word and said, you don't have to come. Just send your word. Notice, then Jesus didn't come. Look, this man got to choose. Do you want him to show up or not? Jesus let this man direct whether he showed up or not. But this man made the choice that impressed Jesus. Just send your words. Amen. How many times people will clamor if Jesus would just show up or the preacher would just come or this one would just like, listen, it's Jesus wasn't against that, but there is another flow that impresses him. When, wait a minute, I read in God's word that by his stripes I was healed. That's enough for me. That's enough for me. Amen. Hallelujah. Anyway, I want Jesus to be impressed with my faith. What about you? Yeah, yeah. Verse 10 tells us that when they returned to the house, they found the servant whole. Look at that. From the time they had left the house to the time they came back, a life and death situation had turned from the verge of death to now he's completely whole. What's this let us know? Uh, This centurion servant knew something. Anyone under my authority, I have, I have, um, I have authority. 
when someone's in my house, I have authority. Parents, you have authority to keep sickness out of your home, keep sickness off of your children, keep run out lack, run out poverty, run out oppression, run out depression. It's not just in your life, but anyone under your authority, your faith will work for them. Now you can't just go and use your faith randomly for anybody because you don't have authority over everybody. But if someone invites you and says, would you pray for me? You know what they're doing? They're inviting your authority to bless them. And you can. Amen. But it wasn't just Jesus being present in the home that made the difference when this man needed help in his home. It was about believing words that were spoken. I don't care what your situation is. Words are enough. Words, God's words are enough to change your situation. Amen. Amen. Exercise your authority. I found this out is that everything you're okay with, God will let you have. God will let us have everything we're okay with. If we're okay with having kids that talk back to us, God will let us have that. If we're okay with kids disobeying us in the house, God will let us have that. Amen. If we're okay with symptoms, God will let us have that. God didn't send it. God's not a participant, but he'll let us have everything we're okay with. Well, the good thing is we can decide not to be okay with something we might have been okay with. Amen. When we see that it's our privilege and our responsibility to live healed, then we say, you know what? I'm not okay with this pain anymore. I'm not okay with these symptoms anymore. Amen. Amen. Because you have authority. Tell things come, tell things go. Amen. Amen. Well, we want to pray for those of you who are watching today and you may have healing, you may have pain in your body. Healing belongs to you. I said it belongs to you. And when you believe words, when you believe what God's word said, that Jesus took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So when we, we know this, when symptoms try to show up, we know, oh, those aren't mine because Jesus took mine. <laughs> These are the devils. I'm giving them back to him. <laughs> Amen. They're not mine. If you call it my arthritis, my pain, my symptoms, you're taking ownership. Give it back to the one who gave it to you. Amen. Refuse it. Amen. Resist it. So those of you that you say, I have pain in my body or symptoms, I want to pray for you. Just release your faith with me as I pray and and say this, I receive my healing. Amen. As I pray, say, I receive it in Jesus name. Satan, you take your hands off these people. You take your hand off their mind. You take your hand off their body from the top of their head to the soles of your feet. I say pain, leave in Jesus name. Disease, leave in Jesus name. Sickness, leave in Jesus' name. And we receive that healing power that's present right now. We receive that and it's flowing from the top of the head to the soles of the feet in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. We want to remind you that we've been teaching out of our book called The Healer Divine. You can go to our website at JesusTheHealer.org and you can purchase your copy today. We'll get it right out to you. It'll be a blessing. It'll be a great gift for someone else too. And so, Uh, Just remember this until we see you next time. Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In this classic book by Nancy Dufresne, The Healer Divine, we are presented with a study of the healings of Jesus. Your faith will be stirred to believe and act as the healed God has already made you to be. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org.
Jesus called healing the children's bread. Nancy Dufresne's book, Daily Healing Bread from God's Table, contains daily portions of healing bread for you to feast on and meditate on in your thought life throughout the day. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DeframeMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.